0: ...retreat from anything. If he's going a direction, there is nothing that's going to turn his direction. Because he's the king. In Proverbs 30 and 30 in the Aramaic Bible, in plain English, because that's the way I like it. Plain English. The whelp of a lion, which that may not be so plain, just a young lion, is champion of all beasts... Neither is he afraid, nor does he turn from any beast. He's not afraid of anybody, and he doesn't turn around for anybody, because he's the champion. And we've got a lot going on in our world, but I believe that the Lord wants us to adopt a little bit of the mentality of a lion. As Christians, as the body of Christ, we need to think a little bit more like a lion. Amen. Let's ask the Lord one more time for him to touch us. When we pray, we're not asking to bless the Bible because the Bible is already blessed. It's perfect. (laughs) We're asking him to touch us, to receive it. Amen. So let's ask the Lord to help us receive his word with faith today. Not just let it go to somebody else, but God, I'm going to receive Your Word today. I want Your Word to change me today. Change the way I think. In Jesus' name. Lord God, touch our hearts today. Touch our minds today. Let Your Word permeate all the way to the depths of our spirit. That we would think of You and we would think of ourselves a little bit differently when we leave this place. Through the revelation of Your Word, Through the life giving power of your word, I pray you quicken that which is dead today. I pray you call to life that which is dead today. That we would leave full of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. As you're seated, why don't you tell someone next to you you're pretty good looking for a lion? And I'm not lying. Lions have a reputation of being courageous, bold, brave, and daring. For the most part, lions are absolutely fearless. Someone's mentality is their mode or their way of thought, their outlook on life. It's a person or a group's way of thinking about things. We can have a poor person mentality, right? Where we see life through the eyes of being poor. And Michael Jr. said he was so poor growing up, he was Poe, because he couldn't afford the other two letters. But as Christians, we may not have a lot of money in the physical, and we may, who knows, but we are rich in spirit. We have the best life. And today we want to talk about changing our mentality to see life through the eyes of a lion. We want to have the view or the outlook that a lion has, at least in the sense that we are courageous, we are bold, we are brave, and we are daring. We may not be able to be fearless all the time, but all of us can work on fearing less. We may not be fearless 24 hours a day, but we can all work on fearing less. We can strive to fear less. Isaiah 41.10 It says, fear not. It's a commandment. Why? Because I am with you. Don't be dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What are you worried about? There's nobody stronger. We've already seen it. There's nobody can help you more. And there's no one who can uphold you like he can. So he tells us, don't be afraid because I am with you. As long as we make him our God, we don't have to fear. The African lion is typically about six feet long. That's about as long as I am tall. So if he stood on his hind legs he'd be taller than me. That's a big house cat. That's one cat I won't step on his tail. They're about three and a half feet tall standing up. Six feet long, about three and a half feet tall. And they weigh about 500 pounds. And it's not the fat cat that sits around and eats out of the garbage all day. It's lean, animal-eating machine. When I got on the scales the other day, it said I was 200 and none of your business. I don't know if that's what your scale says. I will now. Get on the scale and says, Oh snap. (laughs) That's what Terry's scale says. Five hundred pounds. That's more than two times as big as me. Imagine me. You probably wouldn't want to. Sitting on your lap. And two of me. That's not a house cat. That's a big cat. 500 pounds sitting on your lap. This immense cat is not only big in size, but he is agile, and he can run up to 50 miles per hour in short bursts. He can exceed the, the speed limit in most of Beaverton. Everything but the highways. police trying to pull him over for the school zone? Sorry, sir, you're going two times as fast. you're supposed to be going. And he can leap as far as 36 feet. Once he gets close to his prey, can leap up and catch with retractable claws that will come out just at the right time and dig in. And teeth that will dig in. They don't really use their teeth for chewing, but they use them for killing. Everything about a lion makes him an elite killing machine. If a lion is to punch you like a prize fighter, it can break the back of a zebra in one blow. In addition to their remarkable speed and power and agility, they have these qualities of being courageous and fearless. And when they walk around their habitat south of the Sahara, there is no rival like we're saying about today. An African lion has no rival. It has no equal, except for other lions. But any other animal stays away. There are no other animals that hunt lions. Lions do the hunting. There is no predator of the African lion. The African lion stands alone at the apex of the food chain. It is no wonder that God inspired Solomon to write in Proverbs 30 and 30 that the lion is the king of animals. And God in His nature testifies things to us and teaches things to us. And in the lion He's showing us character that we should possess as men and women of God. That we will not turn aside for anything. For what is stronger than a lion or more courageous and undaunted, it walks with great majesty, very slowly, step by step, the left foot first, shaking the shoulders as it goes without fear. And he turneth away, he turneth not away for any, he goes on his way and doesn't stop for anybody doesn't change course and if there's someone stupid enough to pursue a lion the lion doesn't even change speed it just keeps on walking at its own pace like you want to chase me and catch me see what happens when you do go ahead I'm out for a walk you want to test me bring it along but you better bring your lunch pail. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked run away when no one's even chasing them. So when we don't have Christ, we, we don't have that confidence. We don't have a right to have confidence. But the wicked are so scared, they run away when no one's chasing them. That's why we shouldn't look to the world that is not following Christ for our courage. We shouldn't be surprised that everyone is running in all different directions because of what's going on in our world. Even some of them with no one chasing them. But the godly are as bold as lions. The godly don't get all bent out of shape about other religious extremists that are threatening to kill us. It's time we start adopting the mentality of a lion. Not backing down from anyone or anything. 2 Timothy 1.7 encourages us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you have a spirit of fear, it's not from God. You don't have to wrestle with it and say, is God punishing me? He's not giving you a spirit of fear. Now, if you're not right with Him, fear might be healthy. Because it'll motivate you to get right. But if you're right with God, you don't have to fear anything. Or anyone. Because again, the worst case scenario in this life that I can think of is death. And where do we go when we die in Christ? To a better place? Much better. So why would we fear? We need to trust. Because He's given us, instead of a spirit of fear, He's given us power and love and a sound mind. Again, like we talked about last week, God is concerned that our mind is at peace. That we're not constantly going crazy in between our ears. And again, I'm not saying I never struggle with it because I do. I'm preaching to you what I believe God desires for us. God is looking for those who will shed fear and walk in power, love, and a sound mind. But we don't do this because we're so able. We don't do this like the lion because we're... We're confident in our ability, but we do this because of 1 John 4 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay, so it compares us to little children, and little children are possibly the most vulnerable. Creatures around. That's why we need to be careful as parents, right? Protect our children. And even though he just compares us to little children, he says you can overcome because, not because you're so strong and you're so smart and you're so cool and righteous and awesome, but because greater is he that is in you. We can be confident, not because we're the lion, but because the lion of Judah is in us. And if we'll let him fight through us, there's nothing that can defeat us. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that we do have an enemy and, and we should even be sober. That means we need to be well balanced and we need to be self-disciplined. We need to be on alert. In life we don't just float through life like nothing's going to happen we we understand there is a serious enemy we are alert and cautious at all times That enemy of yours the devil prowls around like a roaring lion fiercely hungry seeking someone to devour So again we have a very serious adversary who is also compared to a roaring hungry lion And although a lion has no rival and no equal, there's other lions that will take out another lion. And again, we have the Lion of Judah inside of us who is greater than any enemy we would face in the world. So our confidence is not in our circumstances or in our ability. It's in Him who lives within us. So we can face anything according to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Not just my wishes and my desires and arbitrary things, but the things He has called me to do. Through Him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill His purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. So as I'm trusting in Him, I know I can do all things. And if He's called me to do it, I don't have to question if I can do it. I just need to trust Him to do it through me. That's why you can look at your neighbor and say, you are one bad Dude or dudette? Go ahead, tell them. If it's, you know, you can figure out if it's a male or a female sitting next to you. Translate it. It feels good to hear you're a bad dude or a bad dudette, right? It feels good to understand we're not a bunch of wimps and weaklings and the doormat of the world. We don't have to go around hoping... Oh, please, don't figure out I'm a Christian. I don't, I sure hope, especially if you find out I'm a Christian, don't find out I'm a crazy one. <laughs> Just don't ask me about church. And People around here get a little bit excited. They, I mean, they think we're at a ball game or something, you know. Think we're at a Seahawks game or a Blazer game or something around here. They got it all mixed up. Just... If I can just be nice to people at work and they don't ask me, maybe they'll never even figure it out. We don't need to live that way. And again, I'm not advocating that we be arrogant. I'm not advocating we go around with our chest out thinking we're better than anybody because we are absolutely not. It's not about me. It's about who's living inside of me. And that's why I can be confident even if my track record's not very good or I've messed up a bunch of times and done a lot of things I'm not proud of because I'm not out bragging about me. Me is not on display. It's about Jesus. And I'm surrendering to Him so I can be confident in who I am, not because of who I was, but because of who He is. I can be confident in Him. We need that kind of mentality that we're not ashamed of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, the world would like to make us think that we're bigoted and we're haters and we're we're a bunch of cavemen running around and dragging women home and doing a bunch of stupid stuff like that. Who knows? I don't know, I read the far side. That's what a caveman does. Hits them over the head and drags them home. I'm not saying it's right, I'm just that's what cavemen do. That's what people think. Christians nowadays are might as well be a caveman. Oh, they only know how to grunt. Or are too stupid to know anything else, evidently. Because we're not current with the times, and because we are foolish enough to believe the word of God. But the Bible says that the word of God would be foolishness. The gospel would be foolishness to those who are perishing. It is going to be stupid to the world to do what we do. Okay? Foolishness is another word for stupid. And the kids aren't up here, so don't get mad at me for using the word stupid. They're downstairs. I'm an adult. I can use the word stupid. Okay. I'm not calling any of you stupid. I'm just saying people think we're stupid. See how many times I can say the word stupid in the next five minutes. Just to irritate some of you guys. Quit saying stupid, stupid. But that's, it shouldn't be a surprise like, oh no, they think I'm an idiot. You should expect it. They're going to think if they thought Jesus was a moron and He was God in the flesh obviously they were wrong but that's what they thought. Jesus was wrong. I know it seems to be bothering some of you today and I don't know why because it's reality. I don't know if you want me to get up here and tell you everybody loves you and when you walk down the street there's a parade that follows. And when you go to work and people just bow down, oh, you are so holy and righteous. That whatever that smoking thing is, you are amazing. Oh, that's not going to happen. People are going to roll out the red carpet. Oh, a Christian is here. An apostolic, crazy Christian is here. We are saved. We don't need Iron Man. We don't need Batman. We don't need Spider-Man. A Christian is here. That's not going to happen. Please leave your tights at home. Superman and Robin, ditch the tights. But people are going to think the gospel is foolish. We can't let that stop us. We can't let that slow us down. We can't get scared and hide away and just try to hang out till Jesus comes. That's not our job. Our job is to conquer. Our job is to overcome. That's what a lion of Judah does. Because Judah was one of the twelve. He was a brother of Joseph and we respect Joseph's life and we talk about his character and how he was so much like Christ and his ability to forgive and how he maintained his integrity in Potiphar's house and all these amazing things but Joseph wouldn't even be around if Judah wouldn't have stood up and said let's don't kill our brother it's not a very good idea he had the guts to stand up and say to the rest of his brothers with the only one of his brothers standing up and saying Reuben and Judah said we're not killing Joseph and when the family needed something, they called on Judah to go and communicate for them. He became the leader even though he wasn't the firstborn because he had the courage to stand up. And that's why when it came time for Jacob to pass on the blessings to his sons, when it came time for him to talk about Judah, in Genesis 49 and 8, he says, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies your father's children shall bow down before you Judah is a lion's whelp or a young lion from the prey my son you go you have gone up and he bows down and lies down as a lion and as a lion who shall rouse him the scepter shall never depart from Judah all the kings came through Judah and Judah was the original Jew that's why they're called Jews because they came from Judah when God established his nation he chose from the twelve Judah because he had the courage of a lion not because he was perfect we found out examples in his life where he was far from perfect but he had the heart of a lion he had the heart of a lion There's something that I just want to briefly touch on in this scripture. It tells us that the young lion eats its prey and then it crouches and lies down. There needs to be both things going on in your life. You need to fight the good fight of faith and you need to learn to relax. Both. Now you know yourself better than I do. So as we always say, if the shoe fits, you're Cinderella. So if you are too lazy, let this encourage you to get a little less lazy. But if you don't ever know how to take a break and relax, you need to learn. Because they are both important. You say, oh, this is in the Bible. Yeah, I just read it to you. You got to eat the food and kill it and you got to eat it and then you got to rest. Lions sleep like 20 hours a day. I'm not telling you to go do that. I know some of you just shouted. Don't take it too far. It's hard to accomplish very much in four hours. But the point is, a lion isn't always fighting. A lion has a balance of knowing how to relax and have a good time. God, You know what? God wants us to have a good time in life. He wants us to enjoy. Every once in a while, to wake up and say, This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to drag my knuckles on the ground to be sad. This is the day Lord is made. I'm just going to go around telling everybody how bad I, my life is. And I'm going to say at the end, would you like to serve Jesus? Follow me as I follow Christ. Why would anybody want to become a Christian with that kind of witness? Again, it doesn't mean we never have problems, we never struggle, we never cry, because we all do. But it shouldn't be 24 hours a day. We need to be regularly engaging in spiritual warfare and in rest. Enjoying our family. Getting along. Not always fighting, but resting. Resting. But most often in our society we usually don't do too much for God. We're usually more likely to overindulge in entertainment. And that tames the lion within. Tame lions end up in one of two places primarily. A circus or a zoo. It's not a great life to be a tame lion. A circus or a zoo. And if that describes your house all the time maybe not being a lion maybe you need to rise up and do something take some authority take some charge because it shouldn't be a circus and a zoo all the time and what do lions in a circus do they they jump through a few hoops and they feel like they've done something they get a little bit of applause from the crowd and they think Oh I'm, I'm living the life This is how lions are supposed to live They go to the beat Of the applause And the approval of people And if people clap I must be doing what's right Don't fall victim To the applause of men And also uh, The zoo is not the best place I hope you don't mind me just teaching for a minute If you're not having fun I am At a zoo, they try to make a lion feel like he's in his habitat. Like, in the Portland Zoo, some concrete, some glass so we can watch him. Somehow like it is in Saharan Desert. In Africa. But they try to make it as close to real as they can because they want the lion to feel like he's in his natural habitat. And if he's been raised there, he probably doesn't know any different and he just, every day he just goes around in circles and Goes up on the rock and sits under the sun and yawns and takes a nap. And they throw him his food and he goes over and eats it and then goes back to sleep. And the the enemy of our soul is okay if if we reside within a confound habitat. If we are just a Christian at church. Within these four walls we, we are a lion here but as soon as we go out there All of a sudden we're not a lion anymore. We want to take our message beyond the walls. God wants to see through us the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. And that's not not talking about your loved ones. That means someone who can't talk is given the ability to talk. Just make sure you're not misunderstanding there. The dumb speak! Praise God! Don't, Don't say that when you're someone in your family is talking (laughs) the dead are raised again both at church inside the walls of the church and outside because you can't put a fence around a wild lion God is God everywhere everywhere we go the Lion of Judah roams and roars We have to have that mentality. And we don't need to talk much about it because we know them, but we've talked about them in the last few months. But Caleb had the mentality of the lion and he said, We are able to go up at once and take the land. And the other spies said, No, we can't do it because the people are big and it's just too great. We can't do it. So instead of just going straight up on an 11 day journey, conquering the enemy, they took the merry-go-round of hell for 45 years 11 day journey 45 years 11 days 45 years because they wouldn't adopt the mentality of a lion because Caleb was from the tribe of Judah Caleb was the lion that was speaking and he said we can do it and they said no we can't and they wandered around till they all died That's how important a mentality is. But Caleb, on the other hand, kept following God, kept trusting God. And when he was 85, he stood up and said, I'm as strong as I've ever been. Give me my mountain. And Caleb got his mountain. All those other spies died except for Joshua because Joshua stood with Caleb. But Caleb got his mountain because he had the heart of a lion. And David is another descendant of Judah and part of the tribe of Judah. And they told him, You're just a youth, David. You can't do this. You can't go against a giant. How would you like it if your brothers are making fun of you because you want to go and fight the giant? Nobody else will do it, but, oh, you're naughty for trying. I know the naughtiness of your heart. And then when he goes to the king, the king said, You can't do this. You're just a youth. But David didn't trust in those people. He trusted in the Lord. And he said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. As we stand today, if you don't mind, if you want to remain seated, that's fine. Or it's up to you, but if you stand, it will make me go faster. <laughs> if you ever want a preacher to preach less time, you just amen in a lot and you act like you believe it. And then he just stops faster. I just just free tip there. It feels like they must be receiving the word of the Lord, my job's done. Right? Amen. So we, we end where we close to where we began with Philippians four thirteen. because we want to understand and we want to live this we don't want to just know this it's one thing to know something it's another thing to live it I can do all things which He has called me to do through Him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill His purpose I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency I am ready for anything And equal to anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. God is wanting us to rise up as a church in the city of Beaverton and the battles over in St. John's, that church as well. He's wanting us to rise up in this last day and be strong and be bold instead of backing down and being quiet because of the opposition we need to cry out all the louder that Jesus saves Jesus saves the world needs to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and God's looking for people to rise up and say I will boldly declare the gospel no matter what comes my way, I will preach Jesus Christ and him crucified and him rose again. Amen. He is able. He is able. So the only time I'm going to talk about my problems, I'm going to try it. You know, sometimes we need, it's healthy to mention it between each other. But when I'm talking to somebody in public, when I'm talking to a coworker or someone I know that's not saved, I'm going to try only to reference my problems by saying, but God. I had this problem, but God, he delivered me. He saved me, He set me free. I'm struggling with this right now, but I know that God is going to see me through. I'm going to exalt him as often as I can. I'm going to lift up Jesus at all times. I'm going to walk around not fearful of anything. And when my heart does start to be afraid, I'm going to begin to encourage myself in the Lord. And I'm going to remind myself that God is for me. I don't need to be afraid. I don't need to fear anything if God is on my side. Amen. As we close today, we're not going to have a meal. We're just going to close by responding to the sermon we've heard today. I don't want us to come and and bury our heads. And Unless you want to repent for a moment and get right with God, that's okay. But I want us to begin to declare that everything is going to be all right. As I surrender to Jesus, as I trust in Jesus, if you have a family member that's close by, why don't you just go to them and put your arm around them if it's appropriate and say, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. And if you see someone who doesn't have a family member, you just see another brother or sister in Christ, just encourage them. We're going to do this because God is on our side. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear anything because God is with us. God is fighting for us. I'm not going to be a victim of fear all the time. I'm going to struggle from time to time. I'm going to have moments of weakness and moments where I'm down and out, moments where I'm suffering from darkness, but I'm going to rise up again. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. Amen. I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody today. I'm not trying to say I'm perfect and, and you need to be like me. I'm saying I'm struggling, but I'm pushing on to Jesus. I'm going to believe more in Him than I've ever believed in Him before. And when fear comes, I'm not going to just stay there and, and let fear beat me up, but I'm going to rise up like a lion and I'm going to let Jesus roar through me. I'm going to overcome in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we sing today, the sister on leads us in singing. We're just going to begin to rejoice. We're going to begin to say that God is with me. Everything's going to be all right. There's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper because God is on my side. God is on my side. Amen. I can walk around. God is on your side today. me If you'll just surrender to Him If you'll surrender to Him And submit all your problems And all your sins You're my help and my defender You're my help and my defender You're my savior and my defender